What's up, suckers? It's me. I'm back. I hope you guys had a fantastic new year. Uh, if today is any indication of how my 2024 is going to go, seeing as the trees are making love and destroying my sinuses and my computer has completely and utterly eaten this video twice, I'm going to need a trip to the Maldives by like yesterday. But anyway, that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that you are here and I'm glad you're here. And whether this is the first time or the 50 millionth time, thank you so much for being here. If this is your kind of thing, please make sure you like and subscribe. It means a lot to me. It helps cool people find me, helps me find cool people. And that's really the only thing that makes all of this bullshit worth it. Anyway, I am here to talk to you guys today about burnout. Uh, I know that we are early on in the year, and so it may not be quite that time yet. But the way that I look at it is, you want to make sure that you install the smoke alarm before there's a fire in the kitchen. So let's try to make sure that we kind of have things together. And then hopefully you won't burn out quite as much. Or if you do, you'll know what to do. Before we get into that though, I kind of want to talk about four ways that I have seen that are very common in ADHDers with burnout that we don't tend to catch. Most of the time, burnout kind of looks the same no matter who you are, neurotypical, neurodivergent, doesn't matter. But there are four that I have noticed with myself and with clients that we don't always catch on to as signs of burnout. And I wanted to go through those real quick. So the first is quitting. Uh, I went through a video about this some time back about how we sometimes are hit with these needs to quit and how sometimes we need to figure out, is this my ADHD talking or is this an actual genuine need to quit? And the reason for that is that we are amazing at rationalizing things to the point where we could probably win gold medals in it. And um, the issue with that is though, we sometimes use quitting as a way for our brains to tell us that we are tired of thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. And we don't always catch that until it's too late and until we've given up on something that we actually did once love. Personally, I had something like that happen when I was a photographer. I thought that I just hated photography and I was done. I quit. And then I found that really what it was, I liked doing photography. I loved it, but I loved it as a hobby, not as a job. But I needed that break, that distance to be able to tell that quitting was not the answer or it wasn't it wasn't quitting it as a job was the answer but quitting it altogether was not and the only way that you're going to get that difference is by taking that space away from the thing in particular that we are talking about and um you know sometimes it's good to ask yourself just to see if that's what this is did i love this thing before and how often have I been doing it lately and if those questions kind of track with this being burnout then give it some time and we'll talk about a little bit more about that later the other way that I have seen this play out is I have seen ADHDers and I have also done this resort to distraction and distraction it looks like you have this this project or this thing that you're supposed to be working on and instead suddenly that big mountain of laundry that you have been ignoring for the last three months looks really important. Or this other project that you dropped three months ago is suddenly the only thing on your mind and everything else in the world is suddenly way more important than this one thing. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, but I don't get how this is different than procrastination, I I consider them to be a little bit different because with distraction, you have the energy 
to do the thing that you're looking to do, your body and brain just don't want to give any more energy to it. So they are trying to, so they, it, I don't know, is are trying to push that energy out to everything else around you so that it does not have to zero in on the thing that you're burnt out on. Usually the reason why you are doing everything you can to avoid it is because your brain is tired of thinking about whatever it is. And then there's anger. Uh, that's very common around ADHDers for a lot of different things. You know, we deal with emotional dysregulation and anger is probably one of the easier emotions for us to grab onto. Usually in the case of burnout, I have found that anger tends to come hand in hand with guilt because deep down inside, we're feeling like we should be paying attention to whatever this thing is, or we would like to, but we can't seem to make ourselves do it. And we don't know why. So we turn that outward towards the people who ask about it. Like the moment someone says, Hey, how's that novel going that you're writing? Our first response is, you know, to get really pissed off, but we're not mad at that person. We're mad at the fact that we know that we would like to be working on it, but we haven't been. And lastly, there's procrastination. I brought this up when I was talking about distraction. The two are very similar. However, with procrastination, I find that we could literally have nothing else to do, but we will still not do the thing. We will nap. We will sit on the couch and watch TV. We will do whatever we possibly can. And this usually comes hand in hand with, with bodily fatigue, I found. Uh, we will just avoid doing whatever it is so that we don't have to think about it. Um, you know, we have bills on the table and we've been thinking about money all month. And so this procrastination is kind of our way, our brain's way of telling us, I'm tired of thinking about money. I don't want to think about it anymore. So the one common thread that you might see in all of these is that burnout really is kind of your brain and body's way of setting a boundary. It's trying to tell you, I can't go any further past this point. And unfortunately, we are in a society that tells us that that means nothing, that we should push through anyway. We should treat all of life like a gym and push through the pain, push through the pain without realizing that pushing through the pain now means that we are going to be sore as hell later. Mentally, obviously, but you know what I mean. So honestly, the best way to stave off those feelings of burnout, it's a simple answer, but it is not easy. And that is finding balance, finding balance between the compartments of your life. Here's the thing. ADHDers are usually 0% in or 110% in. We're either standing still or we're trying to sprint the entire damn marathon. Neither of those ways is going to get us to the end of wherever we're trying to be. It's not going to get us to cross that finish line. And so what we have to do is we have to figure out a way to balance work, housework, and personal life in a way that makes us feel as if we are kind of running all legs of the race at a reasonable pace. Now, I'm gonna be doing a class about this in April, um, so keep an eye out for that, because this is a lot to talk about in a video, but there are five main points that I tend to try to adhere to myself, and that I try to make sure my clients adhere to, to make sure that you kind of have something going to help keep you paying attention to the parts of your life that matter to you because burnout, by the way, generally tends to come from a feeling of being out of control. 
And that feeling of being out of control generally comes from feeling like you are not paying attention to the things that you'd like to pay attention to. So by trying to make sure that we get you paying attention to as much of those different parts of your life as possible, there is less of a chance that you're going to feel out of control and less of a chance that you're going to feel burnt out. Now, the five different things that I pay attention to. The first is making sure that I have one particular spot where I put all of my important tasks. I would highly suggest that this be portable, but if it's not portable, just make sure that it integrates with something portable or that you enter it into something portable. The second is that when we are talking projects, overarching projects, note your start dates and your due dates. The reason for this is that if we don't have an idea of when we're going to start things, generally what we'll wind up doing is we'll wind up just starting things according to however we feel or what we think might be a priority. And the next thing we know, we are stressing ourselves out and pushing other things out of the way for stuff we may not need to focus on right now. So knowing when you should start something, starting at the end and working back until you know where you should start a project is a great way to make sure that you are not giving yourself any stress over anything that you don't need to worry about right now. Then we come to the more granular question, the question of putting together your days. Now, take it day by day. Uh, obviously, if there's something that has to be done that week, you can put it down there for the week and, and plan for the week, but do not plan granularly for the week. Only do that for the day. Use the task stacking method that I've talked about numerous times, making sure that you put in your non-negotiables and high priorities first, and then put in the things keeping in mind how much energy you have and how many hours you have in a day that you would like to get uh, into your schedule. And then this fourth thing is more of just a point here, but if you are planning on starting a new regimen or a new routine, start low, go slow. Put something into your, your calendar there, but start even lower than you think you need. Like if you wanna read it for an hour a day, Put that down to an hour a day for three days or 15 minutes a day. And once you can commit to that and keep up with that, then up it. Otherwise, that's going to be very demoralizing if something happens because you don't know how this is going to fit into your schedule and you wind up not getting to that goal that you're meeting. And uh, the last thing we want is to want you to be demoralized, especially in connection to personal tasks to uh, self-care. Which brings me to the very, very important fifth point, the equation that I try to follow every day. And that is that I do not try to include more than three work tasks a day, more than two house tasks a day. And I try to make sure that there is always between one and two personal self-care tasks on my schedule a day. Now, if you're thinking about that and you're counting and you're going, that's seven tasks, Keep in mind, I said no more than three, no more than two. Honestly, I think that if you can do two work tasks, one housework task, and one self-care task, that's a perfect number uh, a, a day. But I know that that's not always possible. So I'm trying to say that you want to make sure that you are giving attention to each and every compartment, every, each and every part of what makes you you in your life so that you don't feel like anything is getting ignored but so that you are also able to kind of split your energy during work time, during housework time, during personal time. And if you work in an office and you're like, okay, but 
you know, I'm at that office for eight hours a day anyway. This still works. It still works. It means that you split up your workday however you need to. And then with the time that you have at home, you allow yourself to either do a work task or do a personal self-care task or both if you have the energy. Which brings me to some very important notes here as you're trying to figure this whole thing out to keep yourself from feeling burnt out. The first being that you do not have to do it all every day. You don't. The only thing that I am going to amend that for is your personal self-care time. Most of the time, if you find that you only have the energy to do one thing when you get home or when the day is over, make it self-care. Make it self-care. Reason being that decompression time now is going to feed into you having energy later because I promise you at some point you're going to be like, yeah, I've given myself a lot of self self-care time recently. You know, I've done a lot of reading. I'm actually kind of ready to, you know, take care of something in my house. So today I think I'm going to do a house task, a household task, a household chore. It's going to balance out. But if you try to push yourself aside over and over and over again in hopes of getting stuff done, eventually you're going to burn out and you won't get anything done. So if you're going to put a priority on anything happening every day, make sure that it is your personal time, your personal task that we refer to. Okay, everything else, keep in mind, you can sit there and you can decide what fits in a day and what needs to be done tomorrow and what can be worried about later. Um, I don't know if you guys remember me bringing up Sansama, but I still use it and it's amazing for this. It has you build up your day, but then it kind of has you figure out what can be done tomorrow, what can be done two days from now. And that is a great way to make sure that you remove some of that extra weight off of your shoulders. I do have a link in the description to try that out if you want to, uh, but whatever you use, just make sure that you are keeping your mind open to not having to do everything and hit every single point every day, except for your self-care. The second note that I have for you is to be intentional with your time. And a lot of people hear this and they roll their eyes because like, what the hell does that mean? Being intentional simply just means that you are specifically thinking about how you are building your day. And you're not thinking about, you know, I mean, being in the moment is important, but that's not necessarily what I mean. What I mean is as you're building your day, you are keeping in mind what it is that you would like to achieve that day or how you would like to feel at the end of the day in regards to what you do. So it could be as simple as, as you're putting your to-do list today together, you're like, you know, what do I need to have done today to feel like I did well? And as you're putting that list together, you will find that you will add things that match that objective, that match what your values are, and that's what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. That's what's going to keep you from feeling burnt out at all or even quite so quickly. And finally, uh, just another important note, point here, whatever you want to call it. Y'all, if you do become burnt out, it's not the end of the world. Okay, it's not. And I know that it's going to feel like it in the moment, but just try to remember in those moments that the next important thing that you do is damage control. 
okay? Putting out that fire is your next big priority. That means taking time off. That means giving yourself something fun to do. That means clearing your schedule for that evening and going to bed early. It means doing whatever you have to do to allow your brain to decompress passively, might I add. Don't like go do Sudoku puzzles or anything like that because even though you'll be sitting there like, oh, it relaxes me, it's not giving your brain a chance <laughs> to not have to make decisions and, and not focus. Your brain needs to be out of focus for a while. Once it is out of focus, then and only then do I encourage you to, you know, think about making a big life decision. Think about making a comment to a friend who frustrated you. But do not do those things until your brain has recovered, until you have exited that DEFCON 3 burnout part of your brain. If you follow that, I promise you, you will find that you will feel less burnt out and maybe not even feel burnt out very much at all. Because remember, as I said, burnout comes from a place of feeling out of control. If you allow yourself to have control over your own well-being, you don't feel quite as out of control anymore. And that's the whole point. So anyway, I hope that helped. Thank you very much for sitting here and listening to me. I hope it helped. If you have any questions, please drop them in the comments. Thanks very much for watching. Drink plenty of water and I will see you in the next video or on the next podcast episode.